0: Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe.
1: The Ten Commandments were not and are not a way of salvation. It's a very common mistake, but the Ten Commandments were not given to Israel so that in obeying the Ten Commandments, they would be saved. The Ten Commandments are not a ladder we climb in order to be saved, as we shall see.
0: Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. None of us like being told what to do. In fact, most people want to do things their way. But who decides what's right and wrong? Today on The Verdict, we're exploring that very question as we begin a series on the 10 Commandments. Do these laws still apply? Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with the start of today's message, 10 Commandments or 10 Suggestions.
1: Last time we completed our study of the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Now we are embarking on a new series on the Ten Commandments. I know you're likely familiar with the Ten Commandments. You may wonder, do they still apply? I've called this message Ten Commandments or Ten Suggestions. Isn't it true that each one of us wants to do things our own way? And our rapidly changing culture seems to argue against the reality of absolute truth. But today we will be reminded that there is a God, and it is God, not you or me, who decides what is right and what is wrong. Let's think today of the background to the Ten Commandments. I think you'll agree they are very wise, yet not one of us is able to keep them perfectly. The Ten Commandments have been highly influential not only in the history of the United States, but throughout the world. The Ten Commandments are the most universal of all law codes, accepted as coming from God by Muslims, by Jews, and by Christians. In the Hebrew Bible, they're sometimes called the Ten Words. As you read your Hebrew Bible, as some of you may you will come across that expression, the ten words referring to the Ten Commandments. In English, they are sometimes called the Decalogue, the Greek for ten, deca, logos, word, the ten words. They are the ten most famous words in all of the world. But in spite of the tremendous impact that the Ten Commandments have made in the United States, and indeed throughout the world, they are apparently dangerous in the public schools of the United States. Have you noticed that? Watching a line of students go through a metal detector, a public school administrator in the U.S. says, it's the latest in school safety devices. The light and the horn go on if a student tries to smuggle in a gun, a knife, a bomb, or a copy of the Ten Commandments. (laughs) I've called this message Ten Commandments or Ten Suggestions. That provocative title Acknowledges that many people today, possibly some of you, rebel against the notion of any kind of commandments. Who's going to tell me what to do? Ted Turner of CNN fame speaks not of 10 commandments, but of 10 voluntary initiatives because he says, People of this age shouldn't be told to do anything. People of this age shouldn't be told to do anything. Remember Nike's slogan? Just do it. Burger King, sometimes you've got to break the rules. Bacardi Black Run advertises itself as the taste of the night and goes on to say, some people embrace the night because rules of the day do not apply. Ralph Lauren Safari celebrates living without boundaries. Merrill Lynch declares that your world should know no boundaries. Neiman Marcus encourages its customers to relax because there are, quote, no rules here, end quote, other than the rule that you must have a lot of money, I guess. (laughs) We are surrounded through advertising, through the media, that we just do what we want. Now, my question to you is this, if we reject God's law, what do we put in its place? Who decides what is right and wrong? The reality is in place of the Ten Commandments, many people substitute their own individual ideas, their lifestyle, and their preferences to say nothing of their prejudices. The individual then in our society increasingly is becoming the ultimate reference point. I will do what I like. Who are you to tell me what to do? George Barner, the pollster, has said, America is suffering moral and spiritual anarchy. What's anarchy? Everyone does what is right in their own eyes. I do what I like, and you do what you like. Dostoevsky, in his magnificent novel, The Brothers Karamazov, writes, if God does not exist, then everything is permitted. And I suppose that is true. If there is no God, let us all live as we like. If there is no God, I'll make my rules, and you make your rules. But this morning, I remind you that there is a God. And there is a God who is a creator, and that this God has spoken. And when the sovereign creator God speaks, his words are not up for debate. Let's stand and read the Ten Commandments. They're found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. Read them with me. Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol of any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Please be seated. Thank you. We want to learn, first of all this morning, that the Ten Commandments were given by God to a redeemed people, to the people of Israel. They were given by God. Three months after crossing the Red Sea, The children of Israel arrived at Mount Sinai. This was the fulfillment of God's promise to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus 3. And Moses now goes up Mount Sinai to receive the law given by God. The Ten Commandments are given by God as a God of love to His chosen people, to the people, so that they would enjoy life, so that they would be wise so that they would be fulfilled, so that they would glorify God, and so that they would be free. And you say, now hold it. How can you be given laws and have freedom? Surely freedom and law are opposites. Of course they're not. Being free in life isn't doing what you want. Any fool can do that. Freedom isn't doing what you want to do. True freedom is doing what you know is right. That's freedom. And the Ten Commandments were given to a redeemed people. The Ten Commandments, look back to Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments were given to Israel after their exodus from Egypt. Verse 2, Exodus 20, I am the Lord your God. There's the relationship between God and his people. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. He is the one who has delivered them. They are a redeemed people. Once they were slaves in Egypt, but now God has redeemed them. He has delivered them. He is their God, and to his own people, his chosen people, he gives them the law. So the Decalogue, the ten words, were not given to pagan unbelievers, but were given by God to his chosen people, the people whom he dearly loved. Now he is telling this people whom he loves, whom he has delivered from slavery, he's telling them how they are to live, and he's telling them how he, the holy God, is to be worshipped. So it's very important for us to understand that the Ten Commandments were given to a people of faith, to a people who were redeemed and delivered. To a people who are already saved by the Lord. Theologically, we could say the law was given for their sanctification, not for their justification. And Israel, this privileged people, redeemed by the Lord from slavery, as they have received the law of God as an act of love from their God, now they are going to show that they love God, that they are so thankful for the redemption how are they going to do that? They're going to demonstrate it by their obedience to the law of God. So the Ten Commandments, as we think of the purpose of the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments were not and are not a way of salvation. It's a very common mistake, And I'm sure some of you have heard many people say it as you speak to them about spiritual things and if people say they believe in God and they believe in heaven and you ask them, how are you going to get to heaven? Many people will say something like this. Well, I I try my best to keep the Ten Commandments. I may not do that perfectly, but I do pretty well. And I am trying as hard as I can to keep the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments were not given to Israel so that in obeying the Ten Commandments they would be saved. The Ten Commandments are not a ladder we climb in order to be saved, as we shall see. No, the Ten Commandments were given to inform the people of God of God's standards, of His moral requirements, a gracious provision by God to His people so that they would live as they come into the Promised Land Well ordered lives under the sovereignty of God, bringing glory to God, and in turn, enjoying the blessings of God, and God's grace then would shine upon them. For example, look at the fifth commandment in verse 12 of Exodus 20, and one that you parents love to repeat to your kids. Exodus 20, verse 12 Honor your father and your mother. Why should you honor your father and your mother? Answer, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. In other words, if you have a nation where parents and grandparents and elders are respected and honored, this will be a strong nation. On the other hand, if you have a nation where children and where young people do what they want and are are disrespectful and disobedient to their parents and the family unit is weak, you're going to have a weak nation and a weak country. And so the Ten Commandments are given so that as the people obey the Ten Commandments, they will know the blessings of God on their nation and on their families. Now look back to Exodus 19, and we'll see a threefold promise given to the Israelites if they keep the Mosaic Covenant. Exodus 19, verse 3. And Moses went up to God, And the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Israel and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, here it is, here's the promise, then you will be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine." and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A threefold promise. Israel, if you love me and if you obey my commandments, number one, you're going to be my treasured possession. You're going to be my peculiar possession, a special treasure. It's not that God is not going to bless other nations, but God is saying that Israel is going to have a unique relationship, in fact, a covenant with the living God. This is in fulfillment of the great Abrahamic covenant set out in Genesis 12, 15, and 17, where God says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. And Israel then is going to be a great nation, not because they're large, not because they're great fighters, But because God is blessing them. And through the nation of Israel, God is saying, the nations of the whole world, because all of the world is mine, as we read, all of the nations will be blessed. Secondly, Israel, verse 6 of Exodus 19, will be a kingdom of priests. Think of the grace of God. He takes a people from slavery and makes them part of a royal family, a kingdom of priests. Going from slavery to royalty, Israel is going to mediate the blessings of God to others. Every person in Israel is going to serve and worship God. It is true that among the 12 tribes, there's going to be a special tribe, a priestly tribe, Levi, but nonetheless, every Israelite is to be a worshiper of God. As a nation, they are a kingdom of priests. Thirdly, they are a holy nation. What does holiness mean? It means to be set apart. Israel is going to be different from the pagan nations. All of them are going to be polytheistic, worshiping many gods. Israel is only going to have one true God. They are going to be separated from the sinful pagan nations, living holy lives. And the other nations then are going to see the blessings of God on Israel, are going to realize that although this nation is very small, is very insignificant— that God is with them, and they will marvel at their holy living, at their distinctive living, and so come to a saving knowledge of the great God. And so God, in His grace, and in His divine election, takes this small, insignificant nation, Israel, that exists until today, and says, I'm going to bless you if you obey me and if you follow my words. Now you say, John, that's all very Interesting. And I know you're interested in history, but quite honestly, I'm not. Why should we be studying an ancient legal code? You know, when I saw advertised that we're going to be talking about the Ten Commandments, I thought, oh no, who wants to be told what to do? Why study the Ten Commandments? Let me give you three reasons. First, the Ten Commandments reveal the holiness of God. The Ten Commandments tell you what God is like. He is awesome. He transcends time and space. In giving the law, did you notice there is a symbolic distance between God and the people? God is on the top of the mountain. He is on top of Mount Sinai as the transcendent holy God and communicates with his people in this written form, written with his very fingers, telling them what kind of God he is. The Ten Commandments then reveal the standards of a holy God— and what it means to live a holy life. First, they reveal the holiness of God. Secondly, they reveal our sinfulness. That's the flip side. They reveal, on the one hand, the holiness of God. On the other hand, the corollary of the first, they reveal our own sinfulness. Let me illustrate it this way. A few years ago, when I lived in Michigan, I bought a new Ford Explorer. White, beautiful car. I'd had it for about nine months, kept it, I thought, immaculate. And one day, I was driving home from—driving back to the church from the hospital. It was about two o'clock. I thought, and at lunch, I drive in and I park outside a Burger King, that wonderful eating establishment. And I parked perfectly between the lines. I had just gone in for a few minutes, was standing in line when this one young woman said to me, are you the owner— uh, of that white car, I said yes. She said someone's crashed into your car. I thought, really? I mean, who could be doing this? My car was parked perfectly. Now, as a pastor, you've always got to behave yourself. I do. Other pastors on staff not quite so well, but you've always to be you've always to be careful what you say in these circumstances. And uh, I met these two ladies. And to their credit, they acknowledged that they had collided with my car. I said, how did this happen? Oh, they had been talking, and they really didn't know. But there it was on my beautiful, immaculate, nearly perfect Ford Explorer, one owner only, Oxford White, kept perfectly, was this ugly dent and scrape on the passenger side. I thought, how did they do this? And so I said to to them, I need to see your license. I want to see your insurance because I need to claim for this. This is very unfortunate. And uh, to my astonishment, uh, the two women said, why are you making such a fuss about this? I said, "Um, well, number one, I'm not making a fuss. Uh, Number two, you have damaged my car. And they said, well, we want you to know that if you had collided with our car, we wouldn't have made the fuss that you're making about us colliding into your car. And I thought, whoa, you know, this is America. I said, I said, let's take a look at the two vehicles. I mean, here is my almost new white Ford Explorer, perfect condition, next to a vehicle, if one could call it that, of indeterminate age. It was what is popularly called a rust bucket. I don't think it had been cleaned in the last 30 years. And they said, although we collided with you, look, it doesn't seem to have done any damage to ours. (laughs) What was their problem? The problem was we were measuring things by two different standards. I was measuring it by almost perfection. They were measuring it by an old vehicle rust bucket. You see, if you measure your conduct by the conduct of your neighbor or your friends or your family members, you think you're not doing so badly and you say, what's all this fuss about? So-and-so next door lives this way. My friend at school does this. My friend in the 10th grade does that and her parents don't make the big fuss about it that my parents make. What's the difference? The difference is the standard. And the 10 commandments remind us That although the standards of our world, and Barna is right as he assesses the moral and spiritual attitude of the United States, even though we have so many people going to church, that the lifestyles of people has got lower and lower. Why? Because our standard has changed. And the Ten Commandments remind us that God's standard is perfection. And that God doesn't change. God is immutable and His standard is perfection. Perfection, And John in the, in the New Testament says that sin is lawlessness. That when you break the law of God, that is sin. And the Bible is repeatedly going to give us this terrible, negative, bad news that all of us have sinned and have come short of what? Of the glory, of the standard of God.
0: You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the beginning of a study on the Ten Commandments. Today's message is titled, Ten Commandments or Ten Suggestions, and we'll continue with part two tomorrow. Now, as we begin this study on the Ten Commandments, I want to tell you about a special resource now available for our listeners— As a supporting resource for this series, John has put together a printable workbook to help you follow along and develop a deeper understanding of the Ten Commandments and their relevance today. This helpful workbook is completely free and it's easy to download when you visit our website at theverdict.org. As we continue working to bring clear biblical truth to communities across the globe, we so appreciate your prayers and financial support And we encourage you today to give a donation of any amount to help keep these gospel messages on the air. By supporting The Verdict's radio ministry, you'll play a direct part in bringing God's Word to new listeners. Please give whatever amount you feel led to by visiting theverdict.org or give us a call at 833-551-2231. Before we close let me invite you to come worship with us this Sunday morning at Calvary Church, home of The Verdict. We're located in South Charlotte at the corner of Highway 51 and Ray Road. You'll find details on our Sunday morning service times and information on all our ministries when you go to theverdict.org. Now, here's John.
1: Well, what's your verdict? Of course, in a very real sense, it's not for us to judge the Ten Commandments. God is our judge. And as we've seen, God has spoken. It may be some time since you've read the Ten Commandments. So if you have a Bible, turn to the second book of the Old Testament, which is Exodus, and read and reflect on the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Next time, we'll think of how important it is that we listen to God when He speaks. I hope you'll join me.
0: Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.